Hey guys, welcome back to the show. On this episode, we bring on Mason Sawyer and Samuel Josie, the co-hosts of the 1090 podcast. 1090 is a rule that was created to talk about life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. The guys talk about how the 1090 applies to their podcast as well as their lives moving forward. Both come on to share their obstacles they've endured in life. Sam talks about the challenges and struggles of growing up and living with dwarfism. And Mason shares his heartfelt story of an accident that took place a year and a half ago that impacted him and his family drastically. This is a really powerful episode, and I hope there's some things you guys can take away from this show. Uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to the Rambler Project Podcast, where we talk everything mental health and personal growth. We bring on guests all across the mental health spectrum to come on and share their stories, share their perspectives, and share their information and hope that it will help somebody else who may be struggling. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another Rambler Project podcast. Joined by my co-host, Matt Ravita, and our two guests today, Mason, Mason Sawyer and Sam Josie. And yeah, really looking forward to this one. We got four faces on Zoom, which we haven't had for a little while. So it'll be pretty oh, I good. I like it, man. Yeah. And just for a quick little background, uh, these two guys are the founders of the 1090 podcast, kind of how um, we stumbled across them. And what they do is they are both products of situations they couldn't control. And they use that to kind of create their own platform and create their own podcast where they bring individuals on and they share their own stories all in hopes of you know, help this healing process a little bit better. And, you know, hopefully, you know, inspire others to to speak up and deal with their traumas and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, first of all, guys, thanks so much for taking the time, as I mentioned before, like, really appreciate it and really looking forward to the conversation we're gonna have today. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. yeah, we're excited. I told Sam about you guys. And we have a lot of respect for you. I think, especially for guys, I'm sure you guys have experienced this with your podcast, but it's not easy talking about stuff and especially for guys. So I, I love what you guys are doing. And the fact that we get to be on your podcast is really cool. So thank you very sure. much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. And just starting off, um, you know, I'd love to know kind of, I kind of got the, you know, got the feet wet a little bit on what the 1090 rule is. Um, I'd love for you guys to explain 1090 the name and how it applies to all of us yeah so i <clears throat> we got it from the quote and there's lots of different versions of it lou holtz has one the famous football coach for notre dame and a couple other people have said it differently but it's basically life's 10 percent what happens to you and 90 percent what you're going to do about it and <clears throat> um july 25th 2021 i lost my wife my son, my daughter, my brother, and my nephew in a car accident. And I don't think the 1090 rule and that quote is something you say to someone right after something bad happens to them. Like if someone were to come up to me, like after I lost my family and they were to say, what are you going to do about it? I'd be like, fuck off. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But and I don't know where you want to go with the podcast. I can talk about that night or whatever, but I will say I just, I was laying in my bed, just being miserable, sad, crying, depressed, angry, didn't want to do anything. Um, 
and through a lot of different things, through therapy, through my son, through other relationships, I, it was kind of like, all right, I'm sick of this. Like, this sucks. This sucks. I don't want to live like this anymore. And it's hard because I don't want to keep on living. I don't want to keep on living without him. But I don't want to be miserable the rest of my life. And I think, you know, <clears throat> death death's going to get us eventually. It's going to get everyone. You can only run from it for so long. But if I just lay in my bed and do nothing, then death wins. Like, then my family my family dying means nothing. Yep. And I, for a long time, I thought, I, just, I can't go on. It's pointless. It's worthless. I shouldn't be happy. I can't do it. To me, that's like fate, that's destiny, that's death, like testing me. Like, that's what it wants me to do. It wants me to lay down and quit. My anxiety doesn't want me to leave the house. My depression doesn't want. So I, I just reached a point, I guess, where I'm like, screw this. My wife would want me to be happy. My siblings, my brother race would want me to be happy. My kids would want me to be happy. Um, so I'm trying. I'm just trying. And it's weird because Sam and I started the 1090 podcast and we've gotten some attention from it and we've gotten some positive feedback, but like, I mean, you guys know how it is. Um, like Matthew, I've listened to your story. You know how it is. Like, you don't, I guess that's why, been. like, I guess even to step in there, I think that's why for someone like myself can understand in a way of like losing my brother at such a young age, Again, maturity levels, of course, play a factor. Different, so many different variables that are involved for each of us. But it's more, more for me, like how impressed and how just taken aback and how in awe I am. Because you guys, it looked like started this podcast in twenty twenty two, and you mentioned it July. So within like a year, for you able to have the ability to take your story and make it into such a positive silver lining per se, lack of better terms, and to use that for a greater good to try and help other lives and bring on different guests. Because I listened to your guys' first episode and how bringing on different perspectives is super important to both of you from A to learn, different points and how you get to the 90. I, I, I love that uh, different too, like, you know, nine times 10 or 45 plus 45. But for me, that was like what I'm so interested in is was this something that was brewing before and starting this podcast or how did you really gain that yeah, courage? So to really put yourself out there so early on. My dad, yeah, my dad sent me this quote. It was a 1090 quote. Life's 10% what happens to you, 90% what you're going to do about it. And I guess I just reached a point where I was, I was sick of feeling sorry for myself. I was sick of just not fighting back and running from it. And so the 1090 quote is, listen, what happened to me is terrible. What, what Sam goes through is terrible. Mm -hmm. What you guys have gone through is terrible and you don't have a lot of options. You can basically sit around and whine and cry about it and talk about how unfair life is. You can do that. You can play that card or you can keep going and you can take the obstacle, flip it on its head and try to turn it into a positive thing. And that's what we're trying to do at 1090. What happened to Sam is not fair. What happened to me is not fair, but life's not fair. And we're all going through shit. It's not like it's just me and Sam that are hurt. Everyone has something. And I don't think people talk about it enough. And that's another reason why we wanted to start the 1090 thing. And I think too, to Sam, like it made me think you had a quote 
I believe on there, it's like turning your perceived weaknesses into strengths. And that resonated with me in a way because I'm someone who has like a non-visible disability. And I always have this quote in my head. It's like disability is not inability. It's just that we find different ways. And we use, like you said, as a strength to just better ourselves and accomplish the goals that we want to achieve just in a different way. And I guess I know you said you're still working on that yourself. So how does that look for you when you feel that these perceived weaknesses and how you turn them into strengths? Like, do you actually see yourself as having these weaknesses or is it you, as you say, it's the perception that you have how other people view you? Yeah, I think at, at this point in my life, it's more of a perception of how I think other people, I guess how I know other people, uh, just how I know other people are looking at me or judging me or saying things about me. Um, and so it's more so I, I, I go into situations and I can see the way they're looking at me. I can see them whispering to each other and I know what they're saying. And so I'm just using those situations to try to be positive, you know, not appear to be weak, not appear to be just this little sad man just wandering around the town. Um, and when they, when they, you know, I, I go into rooms and, and I, I have to show that confidence. I have to show that I know what I'm talking about. I have to show that I'm short. Yes, but doesn't mean I can't do anything. Um, and so, and I mean, shortness aside, I mean, everyone has weaknesses, um, but I love the idea of turning them into strengths just because if you can focus on, I mean, everyone's good at something, you know, you can focus on your strengths all you want. They're already your strengths, you know, focus on the weaknesses, make more strengths. And so that's, that's kind of the way I look at things is just not letting the weaknesses bring me down and try to, it's always a surprise to people when they're like, Oh, this guy can, it's very strange. Like, Oh, this guy knows how to talk in sentences. This guy knows how to like carry a notebook. It's and it's funny like, that people yes. don't think you can do like normal stuff. Yeah. Really it's it's very strange. I mean, Mason sees it all the time. He and I will walk into a store and people just immediately start looking. And I, at this point, I mean, we, I guess he probably the same way. We don't really notice it too much anymore, but if you just like, if you're looking at it, I mean, it's, it's people are just so, I don't know. I used to be like really, mad at people about it but it's not i don't think they're doing it to, to be rude all the time me and mason have talked about this a lot it's more of like they don't they're just, <laughs> yeah they, they've never experienced it before they're they're ignorant to it and so it's just like oh, some people handle it better the ignorance and some people are i mean i've had moms like their kids you know kids are kids say the kids are the worst kids will say like oh mom look how short that kid is and i've seen like the mom will be like oh you know, honey, we, you know, that's, that's not nice. You know, we don't, we don't stare. We don't do this. And I've had other moms like, Oh my gosh, he is short. Jeez, honey, look at him. <laughs> and just like, just weird things. And then you just kind of laugh it off and, you know, change. No, Dan, Dan and Matthew, it's weird because, because I, I want to start this 1090 thing with Sam and Sam, I think Sam had a tough time. Like, why me type of thing because sam yeah. Josie honestly feels like he doesn't have it's not a big deal and i was trying to get him like you need to open up and talk about it like you can help people and he's like what are you talking like i don't have my life like i love good. his mindset is i've always admired him for it he, he does not feel sorry for himself in the slightest he doesn't look at it as a disability ever he doesn't really think about it anymore. And so I'm trying, I'd like feel bad. I'm like, Sam, you should like, you should be motivating because you have it so hard. He's like, Mason, I don't think I have it that hard, <laughs> but that's just shows you that his, his positive mindset. And he's had that 
I mean, Sam's had Ellis Ben Creville since birth, obviously. Um, and it's been something he's been battling his whole life. And Sam's always someone I looked up to because he, you, life, life's not fair. Life's a bitch. And so you just can't be a bitch kind of. Mm-hmm. And Sam, like Sam Josie is tough as nails. And he's, I've always looked up to him. That's good. And I think it's important too. like, obviously Matt and I have kind of like different backgrounds, different stories, and we have different ways of like coping and healing with certain things. And I think it it helps because we're different perspectives and you guys are the exact same, right? Like you have, you know, different coping mechanisms and different stories and different backgrounds. And sometimes you really complement each other because you have like, I don't know, two different ideas and different perspectives. So you take another one in and I think it's really helpful. Um, well, and I, I've like with, with Mason, obviously mine and his situation are very different, but I think, you know, we both have gotten to a point and, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, him being able to get to this point after a year is amazing, but people only feel bad for people for so long until they get back to their own life. And yep. I mean, Mason's got, you know, people that know his story. They obviously their their hearts are out to him and they do what they can to help, you know, his family. But at the end of the day, they got to go back to work and they got families to raise and jobs and things like that. And I think something that we've really tried to do is like, look, the world's not feeling sorry for us. The world's got all kinds of problems going on. Why are we going to sit here and feel sorry for ourselves? Like, sure, we can have a bad day. We can be sad. We can be down in the dumps one day, but you got to keep going. Yeah, joke, a joke Sam and I use all the time is like my family was killed. And then the next day, the electric bill came. Like, yeah, that's life, dude. Like, it doesn't care. It doesn't, like, we're sorry, we're but you owe us 80 bucks. Yeah, like we need to yes. Yeah. I remember that I met, I, I always know, uh, think about that too when uh, the world comes together when like a celebrity or an athlete dies and then the next day or next week is the new news headline. It's like that same analogy that you were just mentioning. It's like we all care for, you know, a week or two as much as we can and then it's like, okay, we're back to our regular lives and then, you know, it's the people who are directly affected like your family and Mason and things like that and your other son thing that who and then so it's just like we don't, see life like that we just always get gravitated towards that one moment and then we forget about the after effect and i think that's why like you're mentioning how like we just said sam how after a year he's done so amazing mason in terms of you is why it's just so inspiring to so many people right i feel like it's having your two different perspectives on the podcast i think it like balances each other right and even like going back to what you said mason about Sam, it was like, Sam, do you feel like too, because you were born with it, that that's why you're in, in, in your own percept in your, your own perception that your story isn't anything near what Mason's is. And you feel that like you, you can't give out, you can't provide a service or you can't provide an inspiration to other people. Yeah. It, it's sorry. I need to go back in the room. I <laughs> love it. Uh, hold on one second. He's got twin girls and a, a brand new baby. Love it. Oh, congrats. congrats. He's, he's Thank got you. a dance ball. Yeah, the wife left tonight to go to some dance competition. Tonight's not ideal. (laughs) It's not ideal. Um, But yeah, it is. It is hard because I don't. You know, it's it's such a different experience that he and I are doing. I mean, he. Not a lot of people have dwarfism. Not a lot of people have lost essentially their whole families in a car accident. But I think Mason's story resonates so well with people because that's something that is like it's so dramatic so like happy and and great one day and the very next just his life's completely shattered and I think people are drawn to not the sadness of stories like that but like 
there it it piques people's interest where and then i think you know like me like look i have dwarfism but essentially i live a normal life um you know i had a lot of negative stuff growing up and and as an adult but it, it's a very different mindset and so a lot of times i do feel inadequate doing like the podcast with mason um just because our it's it's a very different experience and so a lot of my experiences i feel like don't they don't touch people the same way that that masons do i mean i've been working on my situation for 30 years masons mm-hmm. here in a year and he's out talking with people and it's been it's been an awesome experience but it's i think we go together really well i think we complement each other pretty good and then i mean we we bicker back and forth. i mean you're not going to find two people who have more disagreements in life i'm surprised we're even friends um but it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic but i think it's worked really good so far but I think, but I do think it's similar, Sam, because it's both just out of our control. Like, yeah, I think that's you know the I mean? common. Says, we didn't ask there. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's something that's relatable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is because it's not so much about my dwarfism or as much as about Mason's, you know, tragic accident. It's about these situations and what are we doing about them? Like, we're trying to explain and show people, like. No matter what it is like yeah maybe you don't have dwarfism but maybe you can relate to a handful of these other things we're talking about it just you know life sometimes sucks but Mason, i mean every mason said it earlier everyone's got stuff they're dealing with and whether it's something as tragic as mason's been through or something that you were born with that you have to work through um everyone's got their problems we're just trying to show like there's there's alternatives than just sitting at home staring at the wall all day yeah, I think that was a big draw, like to seeing like I was listening to you guys podcast and then seeing some other stuff pop up at you guys. And there's one thing that really that kind of caught my attention. Well, the first one was like your guys willingness. You want to help and how others get better. But the second one, it was it was something Mason said. And I kind of I wrote it down right here and it was just like pretty much saying, you know, you said I haven't got over anything. This isn't a podcast where I say I've overcome something. The point is I'm trying and I'm trying to help other people. When I talk, I feel better. And like kind of what you just said is like, it doesn't matter what you've been, it's just having the conversation maybe helps you feel a bit better, but it could help someone feel a thousand times better. And there's a big misconception that when you host a podcast or when you have a service or when you're giving advice to somebody that you're supposed to have all your shit figured out and you're supposed to, yeah. you're supposed to have everything, you know, all your T's crossed and your I's dotted. And, you know, you're supposed to tell a story about how you overcame something fucking crazy. But meanwhile, yeah. it's like, you know, you showing up and being on the mic or being here in this conversation with us, like that's, that's more than, you know what I mean? That's just as much, if not even more powerful. So I really like that point. And I wanted to bring that up that, you know, we could be a service just being here. Right. And I think like, even today, like Matthew touched on it and Sam touched on it about how I'm doing so good. And like, well, look at Mason, 18 months. I'm not doing good. I'm not doing good. And that's the weird thing about depression and mental illness. Like if you, if you were to mute me and just look at my face, like I might look like I'm fine, but I'm hurting really bad. <laughs> and, and I had one of our first episodes on our podcast. I had a, an old buddy of mine cause I served an LDS mission in Alabama. And, and I met this guy from Kenya and he, I had him on my podcast cause he grew up in just the slums of Kenya really powerful story. And he has a quote that says, you can cry, but you walk as you cry. And that's kind of another way. That's a, that's the 1090 message said differently. I think 
it's okay to cry. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be mad and upset. Um, just don't be cry. Just don't cry and be mad when it comes for excuse time, when you don't feel like you want to do something anymore. That's not okay. Just, just find the right time to, to do it. But guys need to open up and be more vulnerable. But at the end of the day, I'm not doing good. And I think that's a misconception that people have about me. It's like, look at this guy who's figured it out. I don't know. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I don't even, maybe the 1090 message isn't for you. Maybe it doesn't help you. I don't, I don't know. I, all I know is it's helped me. It's helped me to talk. Um, if I'm going to be miserable, I might as well talk about it and try to connect with other people and, and help other people. That's what my wife would do. That's what Courtney yeah. would do. And so I that's think, what I'm doing. I think you also touched on it. Like speaking of that quote, you, I'm not sure. I think we cut out Matt. Yeah. Start over Matt. That was going to be good. Can you hear me there? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I believe it was from your first episode and, you know, it kind of catering to the quote you just said from the individual from Kenya, you, I think you compared and contrast depression of like being in your room and doing nothing or being depressed and going out and trying to help others or trying to be productive and trying to do things to kind of keep yourself busy or keep yourself in a, in a better mindset. And I think, cause you just care, you just said it there about how you, you're not doing good, but there's different approaches on how you can deal with that. And I feel like that's where I struggle in terms of sharing with people how I can view my brother's death as a silver lining or how I can use it as a positive thing. And I get in disagreements with my father specifically because he's not a fan of the things that I do of, you know, because as we know, overdose can be really taboo, especially if you're a parent, you kind of can see that as a failure. And that's how my dad views it. So when I'm doing all these things and raising awareness and raising money and going to these events, he doesn't agree on that. And I feel that's where me as someone and what you guys are doing is you're trying to find what the positive thing in these traumatic and in these challenging times and how I can use this, my story and our stories as a way to help and inspire others. And I always really use this example uh, because my uncle had a very rare chromosome disease is how I kind of try always push back to my dad, speaking of you two getting disagreements. Um, I always say to him, I was like, how do you think your brother, so my uncle, was able to be a productive member of society, to have happiness, to learn these things with his rare chromosome disease? We learn it from other people. We learn it from stories. We learn it from past individuals who had something similar to him. Because if we didn't hear those stories or people weren't vulnerable or people weren't able to share what they want in the future or future generations supposed to learn from that. And that's kind of like my takeaway of like hearing your both stories and saying how like, yes, there's times when we may not be good or times when we, we look like we're good, but we're keep on moving. We keep on pushing. And I feel we're really losing that in this day and age. And I'm not sure what your guys opinion on that is, but for me, it's like, I really feel that it's like when you have one kind of bad day, that's it for me. And I can't push through and I can't do anything. Yeah. And I think something Mason says a lot too is, is, and I think this kind of resonates with, with everyone is people are a lot more resilient than anyone gives themselves credit for. Like Mason always talks about, like, if you were to tell me 18 months ago, that I was going to lose my family in a car accident. And then I'm still going to be here talking to with us for today. I would have told you like, yeah, right. That's not a thing yet. Fast forward 18 months and here it is. And I think that's the case for a lot of people is, you know, bad things happen, but life goes on. And the next thing you know, it's been a year and you're still here and it's been two years, three years, five, 10 years, and you're still here. And yeah, you're not 
you know, it's not going to be how it was before and you don't have to be the happiest person. Um, but it's, you know, the fact that you're here at all is, is a testament to the resilience of people and, and with everyone's different situations and stories, it's just that the human, I know it sounds so cliche, but like the human race is fascinating that they're able to just continue on. Yeah. And I think, I do think people are way more resilient than they realize or they give themselves credit. But, but Matthew, I think, I think what you're doing with, with how you're handling your brother's loss is, is incredible. That's what I would do. Like try to make something good out of something so terrible. That's all you have control over. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've gotten big into the stoic stoicism thing. And that's one thing I've picked up on is like, listen, if I could go back and get my family back, I would, you name it. I can't it's out of my control. What can I control? Well, how am I going to handle it? What am I going to do with it? And I want to try to make something good out of it. And the other thing that like Dan and Matthew that you guys have going for you with your podcast it's just genuine. It's just a hundred percent genuine. You're it's not for clicks. It's not for, and you can just tell and people, and that's one, that's my favorite. Um, when someone says something good about our podcast, that's my favorite one is it's genuine. That's my favorite um, compliment to get. And you guys have that. It is pure genuine. And I hope you guys just don't lose that because it's, it's awesome. Like, I'm not trying to get a yacht. I'm not trying to get a chat. I don't need your money. I just have a message. I just have a message. And I think it can help you. And if you don't want it, great. That's all it is type of thing. I did have a question. And if it's too personal, like Dan, like we can always cut that out. I have a question for you, Mason. I've talked about this a lot because my, my mom struggles heavily with mental health. I've been taking care of her for the last about six, seven years and her journey with that. And I've been talking a lot with her and her therapist and the kind of group family and my mom always talks about this idea of chasing her previous happiness or what she perceives as happiness. Do you ever fall into that where you, you're, you're looking for or you're trying to chase what your previous happiness was before this accident? Or have you kind of accepted that there's a new path for you and that you could be a new type of happiness? So Sam and I did an episode on, I, I don't remember what the number is, but it's about the parable of the empty rat or parable of the raft. It's like a, it's like a Buddhist story teaching. And it's all about letting, like sometimes the macho man, tough, hard thing to do is accept something and let it go. That's a big part of it. Like I, I'm not going to have the life I once did. And I think the Mason Sawyer before July 25th in a real sense is gone and not like in a very real way. Like I don't have my kids. I don't have my wife. I don't have my, the people that influenced me the most 24 seven aren't here. And, but, but Matt, that's one of the hardest things in trauma is accepting that it's like, Hey, like I, this raft isn't working. I have to let this raft go. If I try to cling onto the raft, it's not going to help me anymore. It used to help me. It used to be great. And I loved it. I wish I could still use it, but I can't anymore. And that's, that's what makes life unfair and it's brutal. But yeah, I think trying to hold on makes things worse sometimes. And I, and we use the analogy of like the Buffalo heading into the storm a lot. That's part of it is heading in that storm is facing those terrifying moments. It's going to be scary. It's going to be hard, but yeah, I would tell your mom, like, I know it's sad and it sucks, but that you got to let go of the raft. 
Yeah, I think I think so many people waste and, and it's not I mean, you can't fault them, but I think a lot of people there's so much time wasted trying to change things or chase things that just aren't in our control, like no matter what you do or how you do it or however long you do it, like it's not going to change the fact that you lost your brother or that Mason lost his family, like those things happened and you can do anything and it, it's it's not it's not going to change. It. And I think well, sometimes that's the definition of, of- crazy or insane right is doing the same thing over over and over and expecting a different result i think there's some similarities to the trauma and grief for sure and it's you a got- fine line because how do you tell someone like hey you shouldn't be doing that it's like what do you know about my sit like yeah and it, and it gets it just gets so personal so quick like who are you that who are you to tell me yeah. And it's like, I know, but like, <laughs> I know. And Matt, the other thing, Matthew, like, how old is your mom, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. So she actually, it was her birthday last week. So she's 56. Yes. It's just, it's just, it's harder for older but people. But it's, it's also too, like, again, like, I know I kind of nonchalantly said it, but there is about 40 some odd plus years of trauma that she just never dealt with. And as you both know, is when you become parents, again, all your traumas and all your issues become almost second, third nature. And then, of course, the passing of my brother. So it's just like a crippling effect. And as much as, you know, we, we, we're doing our best on our end, it's just it's one of those things that try and do as much as we can. And then it, we will, as we both agree, I, I, at this point in anyone's life, you have to live for yourself and someone else can't uh, want to live more than you do. Right. And so kind of come to that to that realization. We're just doing the best that, you know, one can can one can do. Yeah, we uh, we just did an episode where we broke down the movie Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about how, like, at the end of the movie, Puss faced his fears. He faced his fear of facing death um, and accomplished it. And that's just kind of a big part of our 1090 message is if you, if you run away from it, it's going to catch up to you. Eventually it will, and it's going to be yep. way, way worse than it did if you faced it head on. Even again, even though it's going to be uh, terrifying, but yeah, I think don't run from it. And Matt, like you played college basketball, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, I played college basketball for two years before I had a little career-ending injury. So, yeah. But again, well, to that point, but we're going to so we're going to go with that one there. But uh, yeah, so I think like how much did your coach talk about communication? Oh, because I play point guards. I'm about six one, yeah. so that was like that. I was the quarterback, <laughs> right? So yeah, I was a point guard too. So you get like in sports, in relationships, in a marriage, anything in life, communication, right? It's, it, it's the word. You got to communicate. You got to communicate. It's the same thing with trauma. I think yeah. it's the same thing. If you want to have a good marriage, you need to communicate. If you want to be a really good athlete, especially basketball player, you got to communicate. If you want to get through your trauma and actually face it head on, meaning you want to try to be happy again, you're going to give life another chance. You're going to allow that for yourself. Like you have to communicate that with someone, a therapist, your best friend, yourself, start a podcast and just dump it on everyone. Like, like <laughs> whatever you got to do, but got, like, that's one of the things that's helped me when I, when I just sit in my room and I think about all the things I can't control and I think about who I miss and I, I just crying and talking about it are the two biggest things that have, that have helped me. I, I kind of want to circle back a little bit to that happiness point. I know Matt, you kind of brought it up and something I heard previous from you guys, how has obviously like the word happiness and achieving happiness, it, it could be 
perceived as so many different things. It, you know what I mean? It could be something that's like unreachable. It could be something reachable. I know you talked about Matt, you brought up before the accident or after the accident, like how has purpose helped create the new sense of happiness? Like obviously now with this podcast and like you guys are doing these episodes where you're, you're making connections to like, you know, the, the um, like the Puss and Boost example or, or whatever. H- have you found that you found purpose and it kind of gets the ball rolling on this, on the whole happiness item, if that makes sense. Like I, I saw you guys say something before. It was pretty much just saying like, you know, finding purpose and having a deep purpose is more important than happiness. And I just want to see if that's something that you guys have anything to add on. Yeah. Sam, you want to go or me? Yeah, go ahead. So <clears throat> I, uh, I was living in St. I'm going to tell you the night of the accident. Is that okay? Yeah. That's cool. um, so it's July 25th, 2021. I'm living in St. George, Utah, Southern Utah. I just started a new job and my family had a big family reunion in Bear Lake, like Northern Utah. And uh, because I started this new job, I didn't feel like I could leave. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I can't leave work for the weekend. I just took this job. And my brother, Race, who was killed in the accident, he also lived in St. George. And his wife, Keisha, couldn't go either because she had work. And so my wife and my brother took all the kids and carpooled together and, and went to the family reunion. Race had a daughter, Faith, and a son, Ran, that stayed back. So they were in the car. Um, so they go to Bear Lake. I'm working this weekend. Sunday rolls around and I'm just kind of in my room waiting for them to come back. And I get a phone call um, that uh, from a doctor in a city called Fillmore. And he's like, hey, there's been a car accident. And he's taken a long time to tell me. And I think he's taken a long time to tell me because initially everyone thought this is one family in the car because my brother's last name Sawyer. So I think there's just a lot of confusion because he's asking me, are you the owner of the Buick? Are you, I'm like, dude, what is going on? Tell me what's going on. So there's been a terrible car accident, multiple car pile up. Everyone's dead except one, one person. And so I just fall to the ground and I'm crying and slapping the floor and I either got really nauseous or I threw up. I don't even remember. I just going through all these emotions, shock. I'm crying. And I, and I, uh, I remember looking at my phone on the ground and I'm like, who is it? Like, who's this, who's it, who is it? And, uh, so I pick up the phone and I thought, I thought my brother was going to be the survivor. I thought my brother race was going to be the survivor. So I was terrified to pick up the phone. Um, because if it was race and that would mean my wife and my kids are dead and I, and I have a lot of shame and guilt about that because I didn't, and this used to, and and this is what I talk about communicating this part about my brother used to tear me up. It used to rip me to shreds and I still get emotional about it, but I've forgiven myself now, but I used to feel so guilty that I essentially wanted my brother to die. I just, I felt so terrible about that for so long. But the thing that helped me get deal with that is talking about it. I told people, I got on a podcast and told everyone and I felt better. So 
so I, I pick up the phone and, and um, they're like, the survivor's a three-year-old. So I fall to the ground again. And um, so my wife, Courtney's dead and my son Riggins is dead. And my daughter, Frankie's dead and my nephew's dead. Um, and Blue, Blue is my, uh, the survivor. And so they said, um, they said we're taking Blue to the hospital in Salt Lake City, but they're life fighting him. So I'm like, okay, everyone's dead in this nasty car accident. You're life flighting my son. So I don't know what that meant. I don't know if he's going to die. I don't know if he was missing body parts. I had no idea. And I didn't even know if it was my kid. I didn't know if it was a survivor from the multiple car accident. If it, I don't know. I'm just not doing good. Um, so I drive four hours to get to the hospital and I have to drive through the car accident to get there. My buddy, Jake, drives me. But this is back to I brought I brought all this up to answer your question. I walk into the hospital and I see uh, my son blue on uh, in the hospital bed and he has this big neck brace on and he has this uh, he broke his hand and he has this big neck brace on and I go over to the bed and I'm like, can I hold him? Can I pick him up? And I'm like, yeah. And so I get in the bed with him. I hold him and I'll never forget it. But he looked up with this neck brace on and said, daddy, and I said, I love you blue. <laughs> and, um, that was my purpose. That was my purpose from that moment on, because on the car ride there. And before I got into the car, I did have this minute, like I keep a hunt, a handgun around the house and I, and I'm not trying to make this too dramatic. Like I'm not, I didn't think about blowing my head off. But I kind of did. But your head's just spinning. You're just spinning from survival mode to like shock to misery. But I'd be in and out of these thoughts of if Blue's not, if I get to the hospital and Blue's not okay, I'm done. So I do remember having those thoughts on the drive. Like if Blue's not alive, um, but Blue is alive. And um, that was my main purpose was I can't go anywhere. This little kid just lost his mom and his older brother and his younger sister and his uncle and his nephew or his cousin. I'm not going anywhere. And so then after that, I was in this weird limbo of, well, I don't want to die. I can't die because of blue, but I don't want to live either. So I was in this weird limbo of just trying to numb the pain. But that was that's where my purpose started was blue, my kid. And then as Sam and I started this podcast and I went and saw my therapist who therapy's great. I know there's a stigma about therapy. It's ridiculous. It needs therapy's helped me anyway. So it started with blue and then it kind of grew into the 1090 thing. And, and people send me met like you guys, you guys send me messages. People send me messages of thank you for sharing your story. That's, that means everything to me is I'm trying, I'm making a difference with something so terrible. First of all, like, um, I know this is something that you do now and you said how it helps you, but I just kind of also want to mention, like, um, I, obviously it's still not easy and, you know, sharing that to us and us being a part of that and having this conversation, um, it, it means a lot. And once again, I, yeah, I can't imagine. So, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks, of course, for sharing. Like, I know we were kind of all over the map of what we were talking about. So <laughs> that's um, life, dude. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, Don't for sure. About being all over the map. No, yeah. I, and I remember, <clears throat> I remember as when our first, when our podcast very first started, Sam and I were trying to decide like, do we make like an intro explaining like what happened to me and you? So like, no matter when anyone like if someone logged in to listen to episode twenty, they would kind of know our. We, you know what I mean? We we're just trying to figure out how to create this thing. And so I remember there was one day where I had my microphone for my podcast. It was just me in my basement. And I was trying to make this intro. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, I'm Mason Sawyer. On July 25th, 2021, I lost my... And I kept crying. I kept messing up. And I just did... That's all I did for five hours as I cried. And I tried to make this intro. But looking back on that, I honestly think that was there. There was something to that. I just repeatedly said it out loud for hours. And I think no one even heard it. No one even heard it. It was just me. And I still think it helped just saying it out loud. I don't know. It was weird, but I do think there's just something therapeutic about speaking it. It may speaking it is acceptance. If you talk about it, you're accepting it. It's part of the process. And I, acceptance is a big part of it. If you can't accept it, you're never going to be able to move forward. And obviously we talked about, you know, purpose and, but now also too, it's really important when Matt and I always bring up is support and the importance of support and things like that. So, um, I just kind of wanted to know, like, obviously therapy is something that was a big part of moving forward. It like, is that something that you still do weekly? Like, is it in the same therapist has been someone who's helped you make like monumental strides? And is that like your main support system or would you consider like a major pillar for yeah, moving forward? So well, I, I have a lot to say about therapy. So I'm trying to pick what I want to talk about because I can talk about therapy for a while. But I do think it, you shop for a car, you shop for a house. You're going to take your time. You're going to do some background research. You're going to check out multiple cars, look at multiple houses. Same thing with a therapist. Like Give yourself an opportunity to find someone that you're comfortable opening up with that you connect. That's part of it. Or at least it was for me. So I went through four or five therapists. So I really found this guy that his name is Matt Quackenbush. He's awesome. And he travels the country and he talks to a lot of first aid responsors. He deals with people with heavy trauma. He knows his stuff. And in our very first, very first therapy session with this guy, he tells me, he's like, Mason, this car accident, it's not about you. And it's not about blue. I'm like, who the fuck's this guy? Like, yeah. I, like what? And he's like, He's like, Mason, this is about 7 billion other people that you have the opportunity to help. Like no one else can, like you can help them. Yeah. That's some great It was kind of like, and, and, uh, and, um, Matt, you might relate to this a little bit, but it was kind of like a raw, raw halftime speech from a coach almost. Like I left that therapy session, like a little pumped up, like, okay, like I have an opportunity here. Like it sucks. It's a shitty one that I didn't want, but nonetheless, like, and same thing with your brother. And Dan, I don't really know your story that well, but it's the same thing with all of us. We all have stuff that's unfair. That it, it It's not okay yep. that it happened to you. It's not okay. It's unfair. But that you, you can't use it as an excuse the rest of your life. You got to keep going. Yeah, and I think that's that also becomes a struggle. Uh, and it's, it's hard not to compare and contrast because when we have these discussions and we're having these conversations – 
where what I feel is hard and how I can manage all these tough things and taking care of my mom and experiencing all these trauma. I'm just going to hear people say these excuses of how oh, life's too hard or I can't find the silver lighting or I can't find the light at the end of the tunnel. It's a really tough dilemma for me because of the space that we're in. If we're in this mental health space, we're in this mental illness space, we've all experienced it, but we're some of the few that are able to see the positives and use trauma as a way to help others. And what you said, Mason, which is similar to what my purpose is now when doing things like this and using my inspiration and my trials and tribulations and putting myself out there to hopefully help others. Some people are not that spot. And they, and again, you like even what you were saying earlier, Sam, like you're comparing yourself to Mason. And I feel like sometimes when we take on so much and we feel like, and we can push through and still carry on with our days, we look at people who use all these excuses and it's just like, Oh, like if only you knew what someone beside you is going through and they're still pushing through and doing the best that they can to have a smile on their face or help their family or provide for the family or, or, or figure out what their purpose is like you guys have. It's a tough, I just kind of more of that tidbit. There. It's, it's a very tough one for me. I don't know about you both because I was like, it's the, how the mindset that we have and you can't force your mindset on someone. And even though and I'm in this space, I never want to do that. But like there is those times where you're just like, some of the things that you hear some of these people like yourselves are going through on a daily basis, if they can do it, it's, it's so cliche, but it's like someone out there, you guys can do it too. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough battle for me at times. No, but I think that's why like the 10, I think that's why our message can be so powerful. Like, Hey, like if Sam Josie can keep going, if Mason can keep like, then, you know, exactly my type of thing, or at least I hope that, I hope that's what we do for people. That's what we're trying to do anyway. Yeah. And just kind of use it as inspiration. Like, use, like there's so many mornings that say, I don't want to roll out of bed or get out, up a bed. Right. But then you start hearing these stories like Matt and I have been a part of all these podcasts and having, you know, you guys come on and share your story. It's like, you know, these, these guys are getting up. So fuck, I'm getting up. I'm going to get going. Like I'm going to try and do my best today. I'm going to try and get a win. Right. So like Matt posts things every morning, he's out walking or grinding or doing something. It's motivating. It's motivating when you share. And it helps. Yeah. And I get it. It's not for, it's not for everybody. I have some people, I know some people, you guys are the, some, the same thing who struggle every single day and they're in the yeah. lowest point, but they'll never, like, they'll never really open up and share. Yeah. And they, like, I've, they've said that to me personally, and they may have said like to other people and that's it. And that's okay. But for them just to listen and sometimes for people to hear and to like, obviously Mason, I think the first time I stumbled across you was like a clip that was just out on my like discover page. Right. I didn't, I didn't like put myself out there. I didn't share anything. It's just something that I just stumbled across. So I think there's just so much value in like finding little tidbits that just stumble your way and pick um, you up that day. Yeah. And just pick you up and keep going. It doesn't matter what your, your, your story is or where you come from. It's just like, you know, at the end of the day is like, yeah, some people and have been through a lot and some people have been through little, but to everybody that's, there's still a struggle and they got to keep going and find ways to keep going. And, um, that's why I think it's just really the kind of just circling back, Matt, I don't know if it kind of pulls it together a bit. It's just more of a thought than, than a question or anything, but yeah, it's true. And you know, that's why we do it. Not because anyone's cured or healed. It's just because, you know, we're all just trying to keep going and move forward. And yeah. You know, and it's, it's not a keep going that like, that's the right verbiage for me. When people say like, move on, there's no moving on. You don't yep. move on. You just move with it type of thing. But yeah, there's no getting over. It. I think I think the pain and the misery and the anger is going to be taken to the grave with me. I don't think that's going away. The only thing I can control is what am I going to do with all those emotions in a really simple way? It's like you guys ever watch action movies growing up 
and the bad guy finally at the end of the movie like gets knocked off the building or the cliff and he has a handgun yeah. in his hand and you're like dude like at least shoot try to shoot him on the way uh, down like as you're falling have you guys ever thought that i have I watch every all bad guy movies and they fall out yeah they're falling but Mason, then the movie like, would end shoot, after like, minutes. you might as well shoot that's me like i felt like i'm going down but i'm going down swinging i'll shoot some bullets we'll see what happens see if we can make some noise on the way down not something i learned from my brother but listen like and I think I have, I love the comedian Bill Burr, and he all, he always says it. He's like, "We're all eating a shit sandwich out here. It's not good for anyone." But what are you going to do about it? You got to try to make the most of it. That's all you have control over. I don't know if that movie example was just bizarre, but it no, it was good. It makes sense. Like, <laughs> I, I like the line you said too that anger needs his day in the sun. Yeah. And I remember saying that is just like you know you you bury that down, you keep that down. It's like yeah, you know you're pissed off, but it it you you get it out and you share and you talk about it then it doesn't eat it way at you as much right it's out there and you're talking about it. i just wanted to bring that up too because it kind of resonated the a really kind of cool quote i liked i don't know if it was was it you mason that said that or sam i remember hearing it in like a podcast but anger uh, needs to stay in the sun try to give sam that credit that was me for that one <laughs> yeah that was right at the beginning i was like well that's a good that's no that's i said that i had an episode with my therapist and we were talking about no bad parts and my therapist is he's taught me he's like the part that that the angry part of you or the part that wants to kill yourself, the part that wants to just hide in your bed all day long. Those parts are actually good. We just got to find a way to have them be a positive influence on you instead of an eight. It's like a therapeutic method. It's called no mm -hmm. bad parts. There's a cool book on it, but yeah, that's where that, that's where I got that idea from. But yeah, sadness, anger, those are emotions that are good and we need to have them and you need to express them just and stoicism has taught me how to express those in a, in a good way, in a beneficial way versus in a self-destructive way. Yeah. Now, how are you, too, sorry, Matt, go sorry, ahead. Go on, go, this is the problem with Zoom, go for it. No, go, I was, I was saying something, just seeing how the timing was, so. We can, I can go, we can go as long as you want. It's, up, it's your podcast, so I don't know how long you want to go, but me and Sam are good for whenever. Yeah. No, I was gonna, I was gonna ask Sam. It's just like how you use your story and which essentially is your life to kind of you know inspire others and to share what you've gone through and kind of just it, it, to you it just seems like a normal life, right? And that's why it's like it's so it's so foreign for me to even ask that question because you're like, what the fuck is Matt even asking me? But it's like to people who are just don't know anything and think you live a completely different life. Um, and so how, 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 how are you, how do you use your podcast and your platform to help others like that? Yeah, I, I think the, my main thing that I hope that the podcast accomplishes for us is that I just want to like, I mean, I've been told a lot that like things aren't possible or that like you can't do things. Um, and like every, I mean, not every single thing, but a lot of things I've been told that I can't do, I've been able to do. Um, and so that's, I just want to use that platform of our podcast and my situation, like that people, I mean, it's such, again, I, I'm, it's kind of a cliche thing, but you know, you can do hard things like life. I had a friend and he always used to tell me like life sucks, then you die. And that was always a funny, we'd always like when something <laughs> bad would happen, we would just kind of like, well, life sucks, then you die. And, but it, it's kind of true in a sense, like <laughs> life just sucks. I mean, sometimes life is just hard and it sucks, but you've just got to keep going. And I think in my, my situation, like the, the, 
most random things are more difficult for me. Like I can't reach the bowl on the second shelf. I can't uh, like hold a Nintendo controller correctly and play like NFL blitz on the 64 things like mm-hmm. this. They're just super random things that like everyday people probably don't deal with. And it's, I guess my message to them is like, you know what? Just do it, figure it out, figure it out and do it. And yeah, I know there's probably not, I don't know that I've ever, other than my brothers, I don't know that I've ever met someone personally who has dwarfism. Um, really? Mm-hmm. And, and my thought all growing up is, sorry, hold. <laughs> Life of a parent. I know. <laughs> I, I think the main, I mean, I always used to say like, you know what, if I have dwarfism, at least I have this dwarfism. I mean, I'm five feet tall. You know, you think of dwarfism and you, you think of the, the really, really short people whose limbs are, are super deformed and they have these extremely large heads and they, they just have these extreme disabilities. And I always thought to myself, like, if I have to have dwarfism, this is a great one to have. Um, like, you know, it's, I got no complaints here. I can walk, I can talk, I can work, I can date, I can do all these things. Yeah. A lot of them might be a little harder for me, but at least, you know, I, and it's sad because I think like, you know, my perspectives change a little bit, but my, I used to think, yeah, I'm better off than that guy with dwarfism. So I'm, I'm doing well. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just, I've learned through, uh, through the pod. It's been really good for me to, I mean, people just, we have people on our podcast and they have just, I mean, I don't think we've, every person we have on has had a very different experience than myself or Mason. Yeah. It's like, man, we're 20 something episodes into this and we've had X amount of people on it. Every single person has come on and told us about something that sucks that has happened to them and how they're dealing with it. And it's just, it's opened my eyes about how many, like, it's not about my dwarfism. It's not about me. It's not about, you know, kind of what Mason's therapist said. It's not about him or blue. It's, it's about what our message can do. So, you know, I don't know if there's a dwarf community out there that's listening to the 1090 podcast or not taking anything from this. Um, but again, I, I'm hoping that the, the things we talk about and the analogies we use, the things like that resonate with people because it's not the dwarfism. It's, the things you accomplished with these these ailments or these limitations that people try to set for you um you know and i think i mean it's you know you're the only one i mean i just at, at some point i mean everyone's when they're when they're growing up like you know you can do anything you can be whatever you want to be you know there's if, if you work hard enough you can get it it's like well it's actually not exactly true i mean i just <laughs> gave up my mba dream like yesterday so i'm finally coming to terms with that um but like when you're, when you're realistic and you're, you really look at your life, you know, there's really, you know, obviously the NBA is far-fetched, but realistically, like you're the only one holding yourself back. Everyone has elements they're dealing with. And it's not like people walk around like, Hey, my name's Sam. Uh, my family got killed in a car accident or, Hey, my name's Mason. And I'm a single dad. Like, yeah, that's not how people talk. That's not how you don't just go around introducing. And so a lot of the people that I think listen to, the podcast, I think in their minds, they, they are thinking like, you know what, I can relate to this. I don't, I've experienced this and this and this, I don't have dwarfism, but I know what this feels like. But Sam, I think a cool thing, cause you have shit that you're dealing with that people don't see too, though. Like you sure. deal with anxiety and OCD and depression. Mm-hmm. You take, how many pills do you take a day? I take a lot of pills. Like give me a number. I don't know, <laughs> like tonight I took six. 
Yeah, like he took six pills. Like he's got other issues. So, and that's another thing I, like I love about Sam is he's got the dwarfism thing that everyone can obviously see, but then he's got issues too, like the rest of us that no one sees, and that, and he just keeps going. It's really cool. And I feel, and I feel like that goes into like it's the physical appearance. That's what we all. That's what our minds always associate to, and that's towards like the whole stigma towards mental health because you can't see it right or like non-visible disabilities in general because people can't see them if you have a learning disability or you're dyslexic or things like that people don't see low so you don't necessarily think that people are suffering from that and i think that's why like it's interesting but you know what you said is like well well said sam and i really appreciate that and if i if i if i took any offense by even asking you directly about talking about dwarfism but even you just even steer the direction saying that there's other things that i'm going through and i think that's so but i think what you said is so true like there's so many other things that i'm going through and people like you said it's not necessarily people are listening who have dwarfism and want to hear my side it's just other every every everyday struggles that i i'm going through that people might want to hear like someone else out there might be taking six pills tonight right and how the hell do you deal with that right how does your right. stomach deal with that what do you have to take to help with that right so you never know who's listening yeah no yeah no no offense ever taken at all with questions about that and it's just i think i know i think that's what i enjoy about the podcast i mean we have people reach out to us all the time on our instagram page like hey your message helped me and then they'll give like a brief example of like their experience and it's That's nothing awesome. what Mason or myself are experiencing, yet what we've shared is helping them. It's helping them progress and move forward. It's like, that's great. You know, it doesn't have to be this exact comparison, but I think you you mentioned it earlier about everyone compares trauma. And I think that's yeah. what we're, we're also trying to get out there. It's like, you only know what you know. Like the hardest thing, someone like, someone breaking their toe could literally be the hardest thing they've ever gone through. And like, that's all they know. That's all they know is what it feels like to have a broken toe. And it's, it's hard to compare trauma. And that, and again, I, I mean, I say that yet here, I, I often compare like, well, why should I be upset about this? Mason's dealing with something far more difficult than I'm dealing with, but I think you can get, you can get lost in that world because there's always someone that has like, there it sounds so terrible, but there's always someone who has it worse than you. And that, that perspective kind of keeps me in check a lot of like, you know what, be appreciative of what you do have Be you know, you are fortunate to do a lot of things that a lot of people are not able to do or don't get the chance to, um, and share the message of how you turn difficult things into positive things. And it, it's me and Mason, were talking about this. We went to Disneyland shortly after the accident. And I don't even know if he remembers this conversation, but I was just like, you know what? Why did it take something bad like this to get me and you and our families to Disneyland? Why didn't we do this when our kids were all together? And, you know, it's like, why did it take something like this for me and Mason to do a podcast and try to help people? But it, it seems like it's always something bad happens before you can turn it into good. And now that we are doing it, you know, we want to just help help people you know help help them do good well i think going back to the example that i think matthew was using earlier like it hits close to home initially for a lot of people and over time people go back to their to their lives and rightfully so like they should and that, that that's just part of that process too um but yeah i think i don't know i hope our message is helping i think it, i think it is i think it definitely is and I think too is like 
this is where also like we as humans don't like to be boastful and don't talk about ourselves. But I think the fact that you're getting these messages is proof that your message is working. And sometimes I fall victim to that too. I think all what I'm saying is nothing in my community is a thousand people or there are a couple hundred people, but it's like, no, Matthew, there's people who message you and say like, no, you're motivating me. You're inspiring me. And then it's like, okay, shit. Like what I'm saying is resonating with people and keep fucking going and keep sharing my story and keep doing what I'm doing. I think you both fall into that same category. Like it's yeah. definitely helping people. And we're up yeah, in Canada. We're up in Canada having a conversation with you guys in from Utah. Utah right now. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it, yeah, it, it's, it's helping. It, it's working. It's getting out there. Like it's, you know, but we Sam, would, I think, I think part of the reason it takes like an event like that is because like people slowly go back to their lives, but you're like stuck in it. You can't, it just consumes you. I, I like to compare, I heard this compared to uh, like you're driving your car and you, you see police sirens and say, like, Oh shit. And then oh, he drives man. past you and it's not for you. And you're like, Oh, if you go the speed limit for a minute and then you start speeding again, that's kind of how it is. Like, for the people that are around the trauma, like, yeah, they'll buckle down and they'll go the speed limit for a little bit. And then they're back to their life. The people who are in it, like, no, like you're pulled over, you're getting the ticket. You don't ever speed again. You are stuck in that moment the rest of your life kind of a thing. Yeah. Can't, it can't, there's no escaping it. There's no going back to the routine. <laughs> I think too, even for me, like what you said, Sam, I found this out too, is like, cause the human brain, the human psyche is so interesting. I wish that my appreciation and my gratitude for life didn't change as drastically uh, because of my brother's death. And I feel like I have been more appreciative of these smaller moments, like you said, taking your family to Disneyland. And like, I always wish that like, I've never wished traumatic experiences on people um, because you never know how the outcomes could be, but it's like, I would not have the same appreciation and gratitude for life that I do now if it wasn't for what happened to me. And I hate that. Right. And I know I was very young at the time. So potentially maturing and you learn to appreciate the small moments in life. But it's it's true. I, I resonate. I reference everything to what happened to my brother and how my family was damaged and potentially split apart. That why, like having this conversation with you three is like something I'm going to remember forever. And I'm going to go follow you both. And even if you don't even respond to me, I'm going to message on your stories and just say, you know, hope you are well, things like that, just because like creating this communal effect. It just gives me a nice appreciation because some people don't have that and that could be lost. Right. And I think I wish we didn't have to go through those damn terrible experiences to understand that. Right. You're, you're on silent or you're muted. Mace. Sorry. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. There's a quote I like that says, uh, experience isn't something you need. Isn't something you get till right after you need it. I think that's to your point, Matt, like it sucks that it took something this terrible to give you the perspective, but it's what it, trauma is a gift in some ways. It, yeah, it is. It is. Well, I know it, it says it and you don't have to agree with the statement at all. And um, it's I always say this a few times every now and then. But what I wish do I wish my brother was here. Fuck yeah, I would do anything to spend five more minutes with my brother, but I wouldn't take anything back because it's made me who the man I am today. I wouldn't be in front of you three. I wouldn't have done all these things that I've been able to do, raise money, raise awareness, speak on TV, do all these crazy shit that I'm doing if what if, if nothing happened to my brother. And I truly believe that. Like I know people say, oh, Matt, you're still a good person. But putting myself out there, doing all these things would not have happened if, if nothing happened to my brother. And that's how I that's how I view things. Right. And it's not necessarily a mindset that people agree with or have to agree with. But that's just what helps motivate me and gives me my purpose to just continue down this path. 
Yeah, I take zero offense to that. Like, yeah, what my what mindset should you have? Yeah, you know but, I mean? so, but we say that, so we say that, but there are people who it's just like want to feel sorry for themselves, and when these things happen, it's just like, no, I'm just gonna bask in my sorrows, right? And back to again, not hating my father because he's great in certain aspects, but it's like when my brother's birthday or my brother's death day anniversary comes up, it's just like. I'm depressed and things like that. Right. And it's just some people bask in that, you know, I don't agree with that, but it's just, it's tough. Right. You know, like I, when you have those difference of opinions and how you want to, you know, go about life. No, I mean, I can't, sorry, go ahead. No, go, go Sam. I was just going to say, like, I, I often think like, I just, it sounds so miserable to, like fast forward, you know, 40, 50, 60 years from now. And I'm laying on my deathbed and I'm looking back at my life thinking like, how terrible it would be to just sit there and think like all I did was complain and be negative about my situation. I, I stopped living. I stopped making friends, stopped making memories, stopped doing things because I was so bitter yeah. about my life and the cards I was dealt. And that doesn't mean you can't be bitter, but it, you get bitter and the, and you meet them. I mean, I know so many people that are just so negative in life in general and I just feel bad thinking like they're going to look back and just like they wasted their life being so negative. And I think that the key is balancing. It's okay to be bitter. It's okay to have bad days, but that doesn't mean you can't have good days and you can't mm -hmm. have happy moments too. Um, again, e far easier said than done. But I mean, I think that just goes to the fact that people have to just continue on regardless of the situation, or I think that it will come. I mean, if, if Mason's laying on his bed 50 years from now, looking back and he didn't do a podcast or he didn't keep being a good dad to his son and he didn't, you know, get back into the world, it, it, his situation of losing his family is going to be 10 times worse. Um, because well, Sam, Sam, when, when, you know, I love that Marcus Aurelius quote that says when death smiles at you, all a man can do is smile back. I love that quote. And what that quote, that quote doesn't mean I smile back today. So I get out of bed, I brush my teeth and I feel that's not, I mean, it is at the beginning for the first six months after the accident, that was fine. That was it. But then like, listen, if I don't try to love someone again, if I don't try to have a wonderful life with my son again, that that's running away. That's not smiling back. Smiling back is putting yourself out there. Like Mason, how can you date someone again? How can I not? If yeah. I don't, then death wins. Yeah. That, that, that's what we mean by, by smiling back. It's not just do, it's not just being miserable. It's not surviving. It's I got to generally try again. I got to start over and it sucks and I don't want to, but I have to, I have no other choice. And so what do you want me to do? I have to fall in love. If I don't fall in love again, this is truly how I see it. Honest to God. If I don't fall in love again, that is disrespectful to my wife. It, it's just how I see it. Like, She wants you to feel loved. Yeah, like going, being with another girl is really, really hard. But do you know what it does? It brings me so close to the pain of my wife. And you know what that means? It means I love her so much still. If I never date again, I don't have to have that pain. And I can't be connected with her it's really weird it's a really weird thing guys but like i have to i have to try i have to have a career again i have to love again i have to give a damn again 
I have to, I just do. Cause if I don't, I think it's the most disrespectful thing I can do for my family. And I think they die in vain. That's how I see it. I got to try. I just got to, and it might go well, it might go bad. I might lose everything again, but I, you got to keep going, man. I don't see another option, honestly. Oh, I'm glad you're strong-willed and have that opinion because I feel like it's really more the outside opinions is what sometimes affects people and discourages them from, like you said, uh, having another relationship because they feel, oh, you're moving on when it's like you're not, it's not what's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're not moving on from your wife and from your kids and things like that. Like you said, there's a new chapter and because of these occurrences that happened in your life, it's only like you're moving through it with someone else to be by your side to help you with this process. Yeah. Yeah, you said like you still have the rest of your life and what does people around you i'm not i'm not i'm speaking again for you you may have you were super supportive but if people do have strong opinions about this like what did you want what do you want me to do be miserable for the next 50 years of my life yeah i'm not gonna do that or i mean i'm not gonna try there's a part of that's gonna be miserable but you know you know what i mean i I know what you mean of course yeah yeah but you've already but to be honest like in you know at least in my eyes i'm sure in matt's and I mean, even Sam, it's like, you've done that. Like you're, you're here talking to us. You've started this podcast. You put yourself out there. You know, there's clips of you out there. You, you, you're you, in, in a, in a way you're already like the, the first step is just like opening up and you're being like, yeah, you know, this fucking sucks, but it's out there and here. So, and yeah. you know, it's like what you just said. It's like, you're going to try, you're going to try doing these things. You're going to try a relationship. So it's like, that, that speaks volumes too. And Dan, like, yeah, I, <laughs> I honestly, like, what would you do? What would you do? I don't know. I don't like Sam and I, in a real sense, we don't know what we're doing still. We're just figuring this thing out. We just started this thing. We're kind of winging it. I don't know. I don't know. Like sometimes Sam, sometimes Sam will message me and like, you know, like Mason, I'm like, what? He's like, sometimes I think the 1090 quotes a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, He's like, I don't know. Sometimes life feels like it's 90, 10. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know. And we just laugh about it, but we don't take our, we take our message serious. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but in a real way, Dan and Matthew, like we're still just trying to, we don't know where the 1090 thing's going quite yet. Honestly, we're just, we're just going with the flow. Sam, does that sound right to you? Like, in a, like we, we yes, have an idea, right. but in a real sense, we're kind of just going with the punches. Yeah. We just, we enjoy just, chatting back and forth and sharing experiences, hearing other people. I think too, having people on our podcast, I mean, we've had a lot of people tell us no, that they, you know, they're not comfortable coming on. We've had a lot of people come on to like, I haven't ever talked about this before openly like this. Um, But I think a lot of people that, that come on the podcast, I think they enjoy being able to talk to people who are also being vulnerable. You know, me and Mason are able to talk about our situations. And I think it helps them also say, you know, you know what, these guys aren't going to judge me. They're not going to make fun of me. It's okay to let my guard down a little bit. And, and I think even people listening, I mean, that's hopefully, I mean, I think hopefully that that's what's happening. When I remember when we did our first episode, I think we recorded it like eight times and we just each time, like that was awful. (laughs) What are we even doing? Started over. And it took us like two weeks to get an episode out. But I think, you know, now we're, I think I made the joke the other day. It's like, man, it's crazy. We're 18 episodes in look how far we've come and we both started laughing it's like well we started in mason's basement and we're still in mason's basement this is great though <laughs> at least we sound a little well, it better looks like a good setup it looks like a good setup i like the setup thanks man yeah, yeah. But i think to, i was gonna say i think to what you said a lot of that is just is just creating space it's again it's such a weird 
a therapist type term, but I mean, it's true. Like when people get into that environment, like opening environment to talk about your feelings, they just spill their freaking hearts out. And I think right. that's what you, you guys are doing. Like I remember I did this massive walk in the summer and we had a little promo on the radio and this lady who I've never even met heard us on the radio and she came and just poured her guts out and her heart onto me that, yeah, I've lost my son to an overdose and I don't even know why I'm here. But I just felt like I could be safe in your in, in your in your environment in your space that you provided, and just talk to you about it. So she came and walked a few laps with me for about thirty minutes, and just went on with her way. And I feel like some people just need that space. And I think that's what you guys are doing with what you with your podcast. No, we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, guys, and just kind of you know bring it to a close. Um, obviously, we could talk for a while, and you know I'm sure we'll we have talk further for conversations. Hours, yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to add or want to talk about kind of before we bring it, bring it together? Mason's, Mason's on mute there. First of all, I love your, you can get it a little bit. Your guys' Canadian accent. It just yeah. oh, that's what everyone says. out. Yeah. Ooh, another, we go like I a love, boot? <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, so I don't know if you guys know anything about Mormonism, but I grew up Mormon. And I went on a mission, and my first companion on that mission was from Canada. His name was Chris Reed, and Chris is the man. No, I don't. I I don't have anything more to say other than well, Dan. I did want Dan. What's your? Can you like give me your story and like a, real quick? I just don't know it very well. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, obviously, I haven't experienced any sort of loss in the sense of a family member or a loved one, so um, I can't speak on behalf of that. Like you were, Matt. Um, I'm going to step me, in there back, back to the compare and contrast. I, I am. I, I, I was thinking, I heard yeah, that. I heard that. Talking about it. You just, you I, just I, try I to say, this, you I just try to this. downplay your own freaking story. I know. Right I, want, I was going, I was, I'm tying it into this and I knew it was going to come up because I, I kind of brought up earlier. I'm like, you know what? I'm oh, so you prepped it. I ruined it. Fuck. Come on. Oh, redo, redo. It is a slight comparison because I felt like obviously Matt, I heard first time of your story and same with Mason is just like. I didn't know how, how I'd react because we've heard so many stories and it's still, you try and you, know, you put yourself in your shoes and it just like cripples me. Like it just puts me to a state where, um, and I think, and I like what Sam says too, it's like, you, I still get jerked, even though Matt, we've been doing almost a hundred of these, of this, like, what the fuck am I doing here? You know what I mean? Like the, I, I hear this and I almost feel like I'm not deserving. Like there's like a, there's a part of me where it's like, um, but then that's not what this about. I know Matt and I've had previous conversations. So to get to your point, um mason or just your question sorry i just kind of grew up with crippling anxiety um it led to all different it led me on a really weird trajectory of health problems and issues with social interactions and kind of my really life trajectory really and it took like a, a breaking point of literally not even being able to move um hitting like a rock bottom as far as like my mental state and how I was operating to actually finally start opening up and get help because I was so scared to, I kind of grew up in this really macho hockey community that um, it just got suppressed for a long time. And through my parents and the male figures in my life, I just, you know, I felt like I'd be a pussy or I'd be like a weakness kind of more or less. And it just, I let it just control me for 20 years pretty much until I got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I had to open up and I got super vulnerable and I threw a video online and that was my way of coping. And it went the opposite way as I thought, that it, it was going to, I thought it was going to be like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And maybe someone will re reply and end up being just an overwhelming amount of support that started the Rambler project really is what it did. Um, realizing that, holy shit, there's so many other people going through this and the hundreds of DMS that were sent after, like, 
man, like I went through this and that. And even people said like, please don't share my name or reshare this. I didn't send you this message, but I'm going through that same thing. And um, yeah, just kind of, so to kind of bring in what I've kind of been through is it's still going through, to be honest, is the anxiety part. Like, I don't think it's ever going to end, man. Yeah. Even being, even when you ask me what I'm going through, I used to get anxious and worried. Like, that's why I kind of brought up that initial point. Like, I'm just like, um, but yeah, man, that that's about it. And Matt and I connected kind of online. It's funny because we're from the same hometown. So it's so weird how we initially connected and we said, let's do this podcast, you know, enough's enough. Too many of our friends are struggling. Too many of our friends have been through some crazy ass shit. You know, we've been through some crazy shit. Let's just put ourselves out there and, you know, who cares what we get back. So that's kind of where we're at. Well, I love that you said who cares what we get back because I that's Sam and I's like that's our perspective too. Like whether it's 10 people listening to our podcast or one or that, like whatever, like if we can help one person, it's worth it. And that I, again, back to you guys, I just, whether you get a hundred likes or a million likes, I think it's just cool. I think what you guys are doing is so cool. It's genuine. It's pure. It's, you guys have a great purpose. You've made a difference in my life. Um, so keep going, man. It's, I think you got, wait, I, you guys should come on our podcast one time. I think. We'll have yeah. you guys on the 1090 podcast. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, let us know. Love to. Whenever time works for you. Yeah, but thank you so much. That's all That's I have cool. to say. Um, we'll keep going. Yeah, I just want to shout out to our listeners to check you guys out. And would the best way be on Instagram, the 1090 podcast? So, yeah, the 1090 rule, and you'll see our 1090 logo. Um, and then our podcast is on Spotify and the Apple podcast. Yeah, Apple, yeah, podcast. Yeah. So, and explain explain the spelling about how they have to search sometimes that's confusing yeah so you have to type in the and then the number 10 and then spell out 90 so the 1090 podcast um yeah take a listen so yeah yeah awesome mason sam guys thanks so much thank yeah, you both um, that yeah, much. And, great and, to meet you to both yeah until we see life. until we see each other again yeah man awesome thank you both Be sure to check us out at Rambler Project on all social media platforms. And if you enjoy this podcast, hit the subscribe button to stay current with all interviews and guests.